Hello and welcome to Sunday Messages with Fairmount Friends Church. We're so glad that you are joining us. You can find out more on www.fairmountfriendschurch.org. Here's Pastor Brock Meyer. It's been fun the last few weeks to see our sanctuary fall. And it's been even more fun to look up here and see our balcony filling up here. And uh, to be able to see uh, it's David and Sharon and your family. And, and you got seven kids, is that right? You got six kids, right? I'm just lumping Jason in there with you. Um, he can be one of them as well. Um, but that's just really, really cool to have, to have you guys. I got to sit with them at the lunch uh, last week after the service and hear their story. And it's been a joy, joy to have you guys. Um, also, as I was walking in here this morning, just thinking it's been neat to also have Eric and Kim worshiping with us. Just grateful for you guys. Saw you out there at the rummage yesterday and um, just being around our town and our community is, uh, is good. Also thinking about our Taylor students and what have you got? Maybe two weeks left? Is that right? So potentially one Sunday or two more Sundays left and it's been a joy having this crew with us um, for some having you back in the fall and for others maybe not um, seeing you too often um, there's always a good reason to come back to Grant County to see friends in uh, at Taylor but hopefully at some point you'll dip your heads back in here again next week is Mother's Day and my wife is going to be speaking for Mother's Day and I just want to encourage you bring your mamas we are going to celebrate moms next week. We are one mother-loving church. And so bring your mom with you. We, uh, we want to celebrate all moms. All month we are going to be celebrating women as we look to the month of May. It's Mother's May and not just Mother's Day. But looking at an entire month of different women throughout Scripture. And so we really want to focus in and speak to are women, whether you're a mother or not, but spe specifically pull out some rich, great stories that we see of different characters of the Bible um, that are women. The book that I'm in right now is I Am Rahab. I Am Rahab. This is a book that I'm reading about the story of the woman Rahab. We see her story in Joshua chapter 2 and Joshua chapter 6, which is where we'll be today. Are y'all okay if we read two chapters, not of this book, but two chapters of the Bible today? Is that okay if we read the Bible at church? Is that okay? And not just one chapter, but we're actually going to read two chapters. Uh, and we're going to dive into the scriptures today and spend some time in the text. And so if you want to flip with me in your Bible, that'll be page 152, the, the seat back. Bible, or if you've got your own Bible, you can go there to Joshua chapter 2. But I just want to ask specifically the women. Women, have you ever compared yourself to other women? Is that, is that a thing? I'm not sure. I have three women in my house, and I'm married to one of them. Two of them are my daughters. I've realized that those are the right numbers to have. Now, I'm not two wives and a daughter, but one wife and two daughters. And so the numbers have worked out for me. But just thinking about, have you, do you compare yourself amongst yourself? And as you maybe look at whatever Hollywood tries to tell us, am I as beautiful 
as Marilyn Monroe? Am I as glamorous as Elizabeth Taylor? Or maybe we go to the scriptures to find how we measure up. And man, I just don't think that I have the faith like Mother Mary. Or whenever I look at these women, they're just unbelievably unrelatable. I can't connect. I can't, I'm, not, I'm not that. At 14 years old, giving birth to the Messiah, I mean, at 14 years old, I couldn't like, get out of bed on time. Like, how in the world? I just can't relate. Or perhaps you even play it out a little bit more. It's like, man, I, I know what was going on in my life at 14 and 15 and 16. And it was far from being called the blessed and the chosen one of God. The one that God says, through you I will have my son come forward. Man, I am just nothing like that. If I'm going to compare myself with other women in the Bible, maybe it's more like Eve. Like, I got sin, and it's caused a lot of fallout for the people that have come behind me. It has messed up my family, or it has made people devastated around me. My words have hurt. My actions have caused others maybe to even turn their hearts away from the Lord. Mother Eve saw children fighting, friction in the family, a family divided, one son killing the other. I mean, this was the very first mama out of the gate. You're like, yeah, it's, it's probably more like it. I've got a person that I think perhaps is a lot more relatable that we could go to this morning in the woman of Rahab. She's not this hyper woman of faith, although she did make the hall of faith. In Hebrews chapter 11. She's not this woman that did unbelievably great exploits, although she did one great exploit. She's not this woman that has books named after her, although she does have a book that has been written about her. She is unbelievably relatable. And men, let's not just tune out from this one because there's a lot of relatability here that we may be able to connect around. As we go into Joshua chapter 2, we're going to start in verse 1. Anybody remember the story that you've been told perhaps as a kid, or maybe you're just now coming into ch to church and to faith, and you've heard the, the big war of Jericho when the walls came tumbling down? Anybody remember that one? Anybody saw that on a flannel graph? Yeah, there, okay, thanks, Chris. Yep, flannel graph Jesus. Chris remembers that. And... There was this great story of how they marched around the, the city and the walls came tumbling down. You all want to know the backstory? How did this story even come to happen? Here it is. It's Joshua chapter 2, starting in verse 1. Then Joshua, the son of Nun, secretly sent two spies from Shittim. Go, look over the land, he said, especially Jericho. So they went and they entered the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there. Now nobody get offended the fact that I said you're going to be very you're going to be able to relate to the woman of this story and she's a prostitute, okay? <laughs> nobody get offended by that. But as we begin to unpack Rahab's life, give me a minute, walk with me here. We're going to see, wow, there are so many similarities in her life as well as in mine. 
Here's the deal. As you would build a wall around a city, these walls potentially would be as wide and as thick as this room. They're going to protect the city. They're going to protect people. Anybody ever heard of a, of a president that says, I want to build a wall around a country? Anybody remember that guy? That's what they used to do all the time. He didn't come up with a new idea, okay? They would build these massive walls around their cities or around their countries to protect. And so they had these huge walls. When Alyssa and I were in Scotland, we went to um, the Edinburgh Castle. The walls were six feet deep. Just stone after stone after stone after stone after stone to build these massive walls. And they would put it right on the edge of land as the North Sea comes crashing into these walls. And it's been standing there for 600 years. If we build a house that lasts for a hundred years, we're like, man, we've really accomplished something. This thing has been there for, I mean, we're talking centuries and centuries and centuries taking the gusts and the waves and it's just bring it I can handle it these walls these these cities were built to last so here's Jericho with these walls that were massive Rahab the prostitute her house was built into the city wall she was this is where she would live, inside this wall. And more than just a room, we're probably talking more like an inn. Rahab potentially was an innkeeper where people would come and go and would stay. And not just any sort of inn, probably more like a brothel. Pushed to the outskirts of town. Pushed away from the rest of society. You can kind of do your thing, but... But please, just keep it away from everybody else. And, by the way, if we get attacked and the city walls are going down, you're going to die first. So just stay out there. So she builds her home into this, into this city wall, or they were built in that way, and, and she takes over this business. And her business is to sell herself and potentially other women in this inn or in this brothel. It's a strategic place for gathering information, though, isn't it? It would be a strategic place to hear stories of places that are going on. It would be a strategic place if your home was basically like a bar and a brothel to have all different kinds of men coming in talking about what's going on in the city. It's an interesting place for spies to want to go there and to gather information about what's going on inside of Jericho. So Rahab's residents literally are on the outskirts of this town, pushed all the way into the wall. There's titles and labels that come with all of us in life. Rahab, they don't say that she was a nice woman. It doesn't even start off with, oh, and by the way, I just want to spoil her. She did something awesome. Now, this was her previous life, but she did love, love the Lord. They lead with her weakness. And they lead with her sin. The spies went to Rahab, who is a prostitute. Anybody have some titles and labels that have just been really hard to shake over your life? Hey, look, here comes, here comes, here comes Becky. We all know about Becky and what she's been through. She stepped out of her marriage and now she's a divorcee. 
Can you believe it? Hey, here comes, here comes Sally. She had that surgery, and now I hear she's addicted to painkillers. Hey, here comes, here comes Kevin. Man, he's got all kinds of issues. I hear there's massive stuff going on in his family, and his kids won't even talk to him anymore. Before they even walk in the room, you've already been kind of thin-sliced and, and talked about. That's always fun. And so here is Rahab. She's being introduced in the holiest book ever. And here she is. Her title is prostitute. Sometimes it's tough to shake titles and labels. I just want us to really try to connect with the woman of Rahab here. Verse 2, the king of Jericho was told, look, Jake, that's what you do. Anytime Jake Stroop wants to tell a story and he wants to get serious, he goes, hey, look. And the king said, look, some of the Israelites have come here tonight to spy out the land. So the king of Jericho sent the message to Rahab, bring out the men who came to you and entered into your house. Because they have come to spy out our land. But the woman had taken the two men and she had hidden them. She said, yes, the men came to me. But I did not know where they had come from. At dusk, when it was time to close the city gate, they left. I don't know which way they went. Go after them. You may catch up with them. But she had taken the two spies up to the roof and had hidden them under the stalks of flax, which she had laid out on the roof. So the men set out in pursuit of the spies on the road that leads to the fords of the Jordan. As soon as the pursuers had gone out, the gate was shut. Here we have Rahab, who's living basically in the pub. Pub simply means public okay so a pub means a public square where people would come and gather together it's the local watering hole and so here she is she lives in the local watering hole people are coming and going it's a place of transaction a place of transfer it's a place of of transportation people are coming and people are going what the people were now talking about was that israel's on the move we hear about this tribe called Israel. We hear about these people that are marching throughout the land. We hear that there's two million people that are looking upon our house, and they think it's pretty attractive. Jericho was in the promised land, and they're spying it out. and They're saying, we want that spot. We believe that God has promised us this land. And so they're peeking in, and now all of Jericho is hearing the chatter, and they start to get nervous. They start, their knees are knocking in their tunics. They're getting a little nervous about what's going on. And Rahab has heard the stories of Israel. What I find fascinating about Rahab is while she is a Gentile, meaning that she is separated from the people of God, there hasn't been the connection yet between the Jews and the Gentiles, they were separated. And as a Gentile, worshipped other pagan gods. This is a woman who is a pagan prostitute Yet she's heard these stories about the people of God, and her heart is getting moved. So whenever two of them show up, she's like, I kind of live a sneaky lifestyle. Come on in here. God utilized her weakness. 
God utilized something that wasn't shining and awesome about her. God used something that maybe she would even be a little bit timid and scared to talk about. She probably doesn't lead with that on her Instagram handle. But she does this and she's sneaky and God uses even in our weakness something to do something pretty amazing. And she helps sneak and hide these men so that they're preserved. She hears about what the men of God, the people of God are doing and she wants to help. Something's going on inside of her heart. She hears these old stories of Moses, and there's a story where Moses says that whenever we hear about what God is doing, our hearts would melt, our, our legs would get weak, and we see that Rahab responds with the same words back that actually Moses would even respond back with, I've heard that you people, you've crossed the Red Sea on dry land, and I've heard that God would drop manna from the heavens, and he would feed the people in, in the Sinai deserts. He would feed you for years. I've, I've heard about this mighty Israel God. And Rahab believes something goes on inside of her heart. Verse 8, before the spies lay down for the night, she went up on the roof and she said to them, I know, she probably did it like this, I know that the Lord has given you this land. And that a great fear of you, it has fallen on us. So that all who live in this country, they are melting in fear because of you. We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you. And when you came out of Egypt and what you did to Sihon and Og and the kings of the Amorites and the east of the Jordan, whom you completely destroyed. Guys, I hear all the chatter. I hear it all day, every day, in the pub, in the brothel. I hear it. Men come to me all the time, and they're all freaking out about you. I know what's going on. Rahab. And when we heard it, our hearts melted in fear, and everyone's courage failed because of you. It's kind of like whenever Adam Kozitz walks onto the golf course, and everyone sees him coming. All the other competitors are like... They just wither, don't they? Their courage fades, their knees melt, their hearts are like wax. And this is what happens when the men walk in on here uh, and they see who this is. That their courage failed because of you. For the Lord your God is God in heaven and above, upon the earth below. Who would have thought that this woman who has an occupation, who is this ill repute occupation, would be chosen to have this secret engagement with God's chosen spies to spy out the land, to have the walls of Jericho fall. How are we going to get in there? How are we going to spy this thing out? And what's, what's going to be the Trojan horse to get in there? A prostitute, Rahab. God likes using people who are nothing like him. He's... Used me, and I'm not always like him. And I believe he wants to use you. How about this? Even while you're still not like him. Even with the hand is stuck in the cookie jar, the Bible says. It doesn't say the cookie jar, but it says, even while we were sinning, Christ died for us. Even in the midst of our mess, 
And women, I don't know how much you spend time in comparing yourself amongst yourself. And man, then I just eliminate myself. God can't use me. Sure, he uses them and he uses that person. They went and got school. And look, here's all these kids. They got educations and I didn't. And I just don't, I just don't know. So we eliminate ourselves. We compare ourselves. I'm just not pretty. I don't have that. I don't have the voice. I don't have the looks. I don't have the influence. And so I'm just like, I'm out. And here's Rahab, who seemingly would have the heart of a righteous, holy God against her. A righteous, holy God comes up on the inside of her and says, come on, baby, I want to do some awesome things inside of you. Women, I just want to encourage you. Man, let's stop comparing ourselves. The Bible would even say it this way. When we compare ourselves amongst ourselves, we enter into all ungodliness. Have you ever compared yourselves amongst yourselves and you walked out I was like, man, that was a great exercise. That really just brought me so much closer to Jesus. This was so life-giving. Man, that was awesome. I feel so much better about my hair and my backside. Yeah, that was really fun. Um, it usually doesn't end up good for either them or for you because we won up and we won down. And I just want to encourage you, man, as I look at this story of Rahab and God's about to do something pretty amazing. God, would you take my life, and would you take my brokenness, and would you take my sin, and would you take my pain whenever I wasn't awesome, and whenever I missed it here, and when I went off on my spouse, and maybe I stepped out of my marriage, and I did what, whatever, all of the things that the world would say is gross and yuck and, and sin, God, would you still be able to redeem me and use me in a powerful way? I believe that he is in the redemption business and he wants to restore what the enemy has stolen. And he wants to come up on the inside and give us an anointing for a breakthrough that God would say, man, I want to break through in your family. I want to break through like he did here with the people of Israel. He wants to do something powerful inside of them. So check this out. Here's Rahab's response. This is Joshua chapter 2, verse 11. Compare this to what Moses said in Deuteronomy 4.39. She almost says exactly what Moses says. Rahab says, when we heard it, our hearts melted in fear, and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on the earth below. Look what Moses said. Acknowledge and take heart this day that the Lord is God in heaven above and on the earth below. There is no other. This is a woman who somewhere along the lines has heard this man, this man of God, the, 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 the language of Moses, and she repeats it out. I know who this God is. This is a pagan woman who, who worships Gentile pagan gods, and yet there's something going on in her heart. I just want to encourage you, even in the midst of sin, pivot your heart to him. Even now, turn your heart to him. Rahab is having a turning, and God says, I'm going to show up. I'm going to do something awesome with you. Pivot your heart in the midst of sin. Turn and begin to have an encounter with Jesus, because this is what's happening, happening in Rahab's life. Verse 12, now then, please swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family because I have shown kindness to you. She's a negotiator. She knows how this game's played, right? God, God's using her strength again. One of her, one of her things is she, she negotiates the deal. Hey, I'll give my body for this much amount. She goes, hey, I'm doing something nice for you. Please remember me. Isn't it interesting? Verse 13, that you will spare the lives even of my father and my mother, my brothers and my sisters and all who belong to them, that you will save us from death. 
fascinating thought here. Let's just kind of peek a little bit deeper into this verse. Not only is she thinking about herself, she's thinking about her family. But how about this? Her family lives in the same town. And this is her profession. Her family lives right there. Anybody ever felt like perhaps you might be the black sheep of the family? Everybody else did this thing. Dale raised both hands and both feet back there. I saw him. He, was, he jumped and spun around twice. You feel like, man, I'm just, not that you've been the prostitute of the family, but you've just done it different. Man, everybody did it this way, and I just, my path was different. My journey was different. And here she is living in Jericho, and so does her mom. Mama lives right around the corner. So does her dad. Not sure how dad's pride was in his girl. Brothers and sisters are all right there. And her thought is, man. Please, would you save my family? My heart is for my family. And maybe they've thought different thoughts about me, but man, do I still love them. How about the heart of Rahab? She's thinking about those that potentially have been even judging her. Our lives for your life. How about that? The men assured her with an exclamation point. If you don't tell what we are doing, then we will treat you kindly and faithfully. When the Lord gives us the land. So she let them down by a rope through the window for the, from the house that she lived in. It was part of the city wall. She said to them, go into the hills so the pursuers will not find you. Hide yourselves there for three days until you return. And then go on your way. Then the men said to her, the oath that you made us swear will not be binding on us unless we enter the land. And you have tied this scarlet cord in the window through which you let us down. Unless you have brought your father and your mother, your brothers, and all of your family into the house. If any of them go outside of your house into the streets, their blood will be on their own heads. We will not be responsible. And as for those that are in the house with you, their blood will be on our head if a hand is laid on them. But if you tell what we are going to do, we will be released from our oath. She agreed. She replied, let it be so as you say. And they went their way and they departed. She tied the scarlet cord in her window. When they left, they went into the hills. They stayed there for three days and the pursuers, they had come and they had returned. Then the two men started back and they went down the hills. They uh, forded the river and they came to Joshua and they told him everything that happened. Then they said to Joshua, the Lord has surely given us the whole land. All the people are melting because of us. <laughs> I love that phrase. All the people are melting because of us. Of us. Then we drop into verse uh, chapter 6. Go with me to Joshua chapter 6. You might have to flip a page or just keep looking at the wall. Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. Isn't that good? So the walls are as thick as this room and they hear that Israelites are coming and they add even more barred uh, fences, gates, whatever to keep these guys out. So that no one even came in or went out. And the Lord said to Joshua, see, I've delivered Jericho into your hands. Isn't that funny? You see walls that are the size of this room and barred gates everywhere. And God goes, see, I've delivered them into your hands. I'd be like, see, no, God, um, no, that's not, that's not what it looks like. And he's like, I just don't want you to see with the eyes that are natural. I want you to see with some supernatural eyes. 
Just see with some supernatural eyes here. See, we're going to do this. And we're going to march around. So I'm just going to tell you the rest of the story. They march around for six days, and they're silent, and they're quiet as they march around. One time for six days. On the seventh day, they march around seven times. And they never draw their sword once, but they just let the bugle boy play. And they, let the, they, they have the trumpets, and they shout, and they make a cry to God. And the people inside are melting. And so do the walls as the walls come tumbling down. Now let's imagine that this is the size of the wall and it goes all around Fairmount. Okay, it goes all around our city. This would be one of the city walls right here. And all of the walls come tumbling down around the entire city except for this room. Except for this room. It's a, it's a tornado that blows right through the center of town, knocks everybody's house down, except for your house. You ever seen like a big storm come through and like it, the neighbor's whole tree falls over and you had like a leaf <laughs> that fell over? And you're like, whoa, cool. All right, we're done. <laughs> this is what happens. Everything is destroyed. All of the city walls are falling in on themselves except for Rahab's house god how does how does this work how does this happen i don't understand what's going on here so jump with me here to verse um not 20 uh not to 20 but now to 20 when the trumpet sounded, the army shouted, and the sounds of the trumpet, and the men gave a loud shout. The walls collapsed so that everyone charged straight in. And then they took the city. They devoted the city to the Lord. They destroyed with the sword every living thing, men and women, all the cattle. Joshua said to the two men who had spied out the land, go into the prostitute's house. She didn't even have a name. Go into that prostitute's house and bring her out and all who belong to her in accordance with the oath that you made to her. So the young man who had done the spying went in. They brought out Rahab, her father, mother, brothers, sisters, all who belonged with her. They all were still in the house, protected. They brought her and her entire family out. They put them outside of the camp in Israel. Then they burned the whole city and everything in it. Joshua, verse 25. But Joshua spared Rahab the prostitute with her family and all who belonged to her because she hid the men Joshua had sent as spies to Jericho. And she lives among the Israelites to this day. Just tell you the power of a woman's faith. The power of a woman's faith can save her entire family. Perhaps there's some mamas out there that maybe your kids have gone astray and you're just like, man, I want them to know Jesus. I want their hearts to come back to Jesus. I don't know how many times I hear people, you know, I just had a praying mama. I had a praying grandma. Man, if it wasn't for grandma, man, I don't know where I would be. And mama, because of her faith, my life has been forever changed. Can I tell you how the story continues to go on for Rahab? Rahab marries a man by the name of Solomon, who is one of the uh, uh, Israelites. She gets married. She has a son. Her son is named Boaz. Boaz gets with 
Esther. What is going on? Boaz and Esther have children who have children who have Jesse, who has King David, who has Solomon, who has line upon line upon line of lineage, who has Jesus. <laughs> what if Rahab would say, God, I don't know if I do this one big, bold move of faith. If you would not only just do something with my life, but perhaps you would change all of human history because of the faith that I execute in this moment. God, I'm going to muster up all the faith I have. I'm going to take a bold move. I'm going to risk my life for these spies. I don't know if they're going to have grace upon me. I don't know what's going to happen. But God, I've made a mess of my life. Many scholars say that she was probably about 50 years old at this time, and she probably went into prostitution at 10. So for 40 years, she's been used and abused. And she says, God, I don't want to be used. I want to be chosen. I want to be picked by you, Jesus. You're the man that I want to be picked by this time. And would you pick me to utilize me in a powerful way, not just to use me for what other men want, but to use me for a powerful way that will change all of human history? What if you just started making some bold statements today? What if you made some bold steps today that, that your children are dependent upon and your children's children and for generations are dependent upon? How about this? How about that Rahab, whenever she gave the insider information and all of the walls came down? Think about, think about what Rahab lost. Maybe she had some, some lovers that she really enjoyed. She lost all the former lovers. She lost all of her friends, if she had any. She lost a lot in order to gain a whole new life. You know what? Perhaps there needs to be a big, dramatic moment for some if this has been a little bit of your story, the Rahab story, a little bit of some sexual promiscuity, to really close the door on past lovers. And what that might look like is throwing away old love letters, deleting old text messages that we just keep. Perhaps there's a hidden Facebook account. Delete it. Let the walls fall and lose it all in that old lifestyle and come running from the rubble into a whole new life and leave all the old lovers and say, Jesus, you're the one thing. I got I to gotta cut loose. I got to cut everything off into a new life. You might need to have a bold, big statement faith day where you step and stride into the fullness of what God has for you. We got to do it. And she cut ties with all of it. And she moved into a whole new life with Jesus. Perhaps, women, you could relate, maybe not with Mary, but maybe with Rahab, and say, God, it's been a rough life. Man, this has been a tough one. I didn't always follow the script, but Jesus, today I'm saying it's a new day. 
And by the faith that I'm putting in you, I pray, God, that you would do something amazing with my life. I'm going to do two prayers here this morning as we close. And one is just a prayer of healing. Man, no doubt that Rahab walked away from a, from a tough life. She had to walk into some years of healing and just getting healed up from all of that, right? So we're just going to ask for healing. Man, where have you been hurt and abused? Perhaps men have hurt and abused and say, Jesus, I don't want to carry this on and on and on into my future. I want to get healed. So yes, the walls have been tumbling down, but God, I want you to build me back up on the inside. So we're just going to pray a prayer of healing. Then we're going to pray for all of us, God. What are the big steps of faith that would leave a lasting impact upon my life? Church family, would you all stand with me this morning as we pray and we close? I want to encourage you, be here next week and bring your mom. Bring her. Bring your mother-in-law. That'd be a step of faith. <laughs> bring them. And be here, and we want to love on our mamas because they're some pretty amazing women. Jesus, I just pray right now for healing, that you would come in and just bind up our broken hearts. There's been some lives in this place, God, that have just, they've been hurt and abused, dinged up by men, abused by men. God, we ask you that this would be a house of healing. God, do a supernatural thing that, 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 that nothing, that medicine or just an idea can do. It's a supernatural touch of God. God, we're asking for a supernatural touch and a healing God to bring healing to those pain areas. And Father, I just pray that we would be a church that takes big steps of faith, God. We just want to trust in you, the God who caused us to walk out of Egypt on dry land through the Red Sea. God, I pray we'd be people of faith that, that any enemy around would melt like wax because of the courage that we walk with. We pray that you would bless your church with faith today. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're so glad that you were with us today. You can subscribe on iTunes or Spotify or your preferred podcasting app. Be sure to rate us so other people can know about the podcast.